Nancy, everybody. Welcome back to Reality Water Cooler. I am Sarah from Texas, and this is our place to chat all the latest reality TV gossip. Of course, Jeff Lewis, the Jeff Lewis After Show, and Girl Scout cookies. I mean, did anyone expect such a intense Girl Scout cookie conversation today? I for sure did not. Oh my gosh, but I'm so here for it. I am a mom of five. I have had Four Girl Scouts to all different variations. Even one earned their silver award, which if anyone knows that, they know that's kind of a big deal. Didn't go on to get their gold award, but whatever. Uh, I have one son. He was a Boy Scout just in kindergarten. Actually, it's called Cub Scout. Uh, but all my Girl Scouts started in kindergarten or first grade. So, uh, yeah, I love that Jeff was talking about it. I'm like, girl, you're, you're I mean, you Jeff, your girl is halfway through first grade. Like, I'm sure this has been presented to her at her school. So anyways, get comfortable in comments. I hope you were here to chat all the fun stuff. Let's get started. I did watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last night, episode 13. Um, I mean, they go to Barcelona, Spain. Starts off a little, so why are they, it's just, so is Sutton the host? You know how they'll have these ideas. I couldn't really think of why they're doing this. Um, you know, like on Salt Lake City, it was because it was Monica's birthday. She also was, she wanted to go to Bermuda because she had family there that she hadn't seen since she was like nine years old. We all know that didn't end up happening, right? Um, but I do love, or I was confused by her friend Merce's ashes. Like she must've been a really good friend, but at first I thought, oh, they're probably around the same age. They danced together. They showed these old pictures of Sutton dance as a dancer. Then they showed a picture from 1999. Oh my God. Maybe he was sick. And so he looked older, but he looked 70 years. I mean, he looked so much older than her because she's about my age at 50. And she, so in 1999, I mean, that's like when I was in my mid twenties, late 20, God, how old was that? 26? Yeah, it was 26. Ugh. Anyways, um, so I was a little bit confused by that. Lots of talk on his ashes and how she wants to spread them at one of the places that really meant a lot to him. I sort of loved when Avi, her right-hand man, you know, whatever he is, um, gave her the advice, don't let it blow in your face. It's kind of true. So my mom passed away five years ago. She always wanted to be cremated. She said, you know, uh, after I pass away, if you change your mind, y'all can do whatever you want. If you want to have a regular funeral, a memorial, do all the things. But my dad had passed away um, in 2004. He's buried at the Veterans Memorial. How they do it there is your spouse is actually buried on top of you. And then on your tombstone, the other side is the spouse's information. So it was all set up that she could have been buried at the Houston, you know, uh, Veterans Memorial, but that's not what she wanted. So we honored her wishes. Um, one of the best things I ever did, and I highly recommend if sadly you are ever in a position or in the future to have a loved one, family member, friend, anyone that is uh, terminal, that has some issue that you know they're going to pass away somewhat soon, maybe when they go on hospice or whatever. The best thing I ever did is the second they mentioned hospice, it came to me in a flash. I said, we are going to have, and I did this in like four days. So when I tell you, uh, I have very, um, I'm very organized. I can get shit done. I made the decision to take 
professional pictures with me and my mom and my brother. We were the only inner circle, inner part of our family left. My dad had already passed away and he's my only sibling and I had hair and makeup set up. They did these beautiful pictures of the three of us, pictures of my mom alone. And also later that week, I hosted a celebration of life for my mom. She wasn't in the best of health. By then she had just gotten a, um, a bag, a, not a closet. It's the liquid that comes out of your liver. Oh, anyway, she, she was kind of leaky. She had some stuff going on, but let's just say she felt better than she did obviously the days before her death, but it was the most beautiful thing ever. I made a digital scrapbook of it and of all the memories and pictures, but we had friends and family members and coworkers of hers and just not even to say goodbye to her. Cause we had this in November. She passed away mid January. So we did this as a fun, let's get together. Let's everyone see each other. And instead of a funeral where, you know, we're talking about how much we loved her and we, she was already gone. So anyway, sidetrack a year later. So again, she passed away in January. So a year later, me and my brother, my husband and my sister-in-law uh, went down to where my parents had the beach house since I was 10 years old. My mom loved beaches everywhere. And we chose to spread the ashes in that beach. It was mid-January. It was cold. It was dark by the time we got, you know, of course we did this at night and everything. And uh, by the time we took the ferry ride over there, uh, let's just say, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a little bit of my mother's amazing ashes on my body because the wind blows at the beach at night in January. So, I mean, I can, it was a funny thing at the time, just because my mom would have thought it was funny. She had a really good sense of humor, but it is what it is, right? I think people have this fantasy about spreading ashes and unless you're literally spreading them very close to a ground or literally on the beach, like, you know, inches from the sand, if you're trying to throw them out into the ocean, like I was trying to do and my brother, um, the wind kind of made that go back in our faces. And we just, it was, it made for a fun memory. So anyways, when he said that, I thought that was kind of funny. I uh, didn't understand the game, I guess, because she is hosting this girl's trip in Spain, but I'm sort of over the games. Like every time they have a dinner and it seems more, did they do it? I think they played games on Salt Lake City. Maybe this is a producer thing. Maybe they think we need to play games, whatever, who knows. But, you know, they're on the ride. They're in the Sprinter van, which I have a whole other appreciation for a Sprinter van since I've experienced the SLS Beverly Hills Sprinter van now a couple of times. It is so fun. Truly makes you feel like a housewife. It was really luxurious and fun. Uh, but this game, and it wasn't a game. It was Sutton trivia. And she thought Garcelle, her alleged best friend, would know all the answers. And actually, Erica ended up knowing them. Thought it was weird. Tell me in comments. I just don't understand why the game was all about her. Again, is it because she's kind of hosting this girl's trip? You know, she kind of thought about it. And also, have they ever told us, does production, I'm assuming production pays for all of this? Every time, especially like 10 years ago when they would have these rare girls' trips, they certainly weren't as extravagant as they are now, like Spain and Ireland and uh, what's that one? Not Colombia. What's it called? The one that was the tumultuous, the 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 New York one. 
Cartagena, whatever that one was called, where the boat ride from hell, like they were literally worried about themselves. Anyways, they worked that extravagant, but they always acted like the person hosting the the girls trip was the one paying for everything. Like I arranged this. I mean, I'm sure production pays for it. Like just because you, I don't know. To me, it's all about the coin. Like whoever pays for it is the one that should, I don't know. It was weird. Um, Crystal. It kind of became a Crystal versus Anne, Anne Marie, right? Is Anne Marie getting a bunch of crap or is she just being the new housewife and playing the game? So as you know, I always talk about it is so different to be a housewife in the last five or six years because I feel like you absolutely know what you're getting into, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, 15 years when OG, Vicki Gumpelson, you know, Slade's girlfriend, Joe, you know, they had no idea what they were getting into. They had no idea how big this was going to end up being. But uh, I feel like Anne Marie knows exactly what she signed up for. Maybe she's even okay. I don't even know what to believe. Did she say she was an anesthesiologist when she met Crystal a few minutes into that party? Did she not? They're both kind of saying each other is lying, right? I don't know. Uh, I loved the shadiness of the production that when Crystal was like, I have never said that I'm smarter or better than anyone else. And then they go back to 2020 where she says like everyone's dumb or I'm smarter than everyone here. She has always. And then who was it? Who shaded Crystal? Dorit? Dorit? Somebody shaded Crystal and they showed the picture of her getting married at age 24. They were basically saying, when you were off running off getting married, we were all building our band, our, our businesses and, and working. I mean, there was so much shade. The fact that Kyle was on Jeff Lewis Live earlier this week and she pretty much uh, said she's got a really small, close group knit friend, uh, set of friends, and none of them are the housewives. Like, she's not even that close with Dorit anymore. And I feel like before this season, those two couples, uh, Dorit and PK and Mauricio and Kyle, had gotten real close. And the fact that they're both going through public marital struggles, I thought would draw them closer as friends. But instead, it seems like. Dorit was coming at her last night for kind of having these slutty outfits that weren't all that slutty. I mean, it's leather. She's a tiny girl. I feel like it was kind of funny that Kyle's confessional outfit was actually like this high necked black and white. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it definitely looked Pollyanna to me. And yet Dorit is like slamming her like, don't put those hooker shoes on. Don't wear that outfit. Oh, your bathing suit is a G string. Like, what are you doing trying to meet a man? I mean, she's feeling herself. Call it a midlife crisis. Call it, I look and feel better than ever. I mean, is it that crazy that when you look and feel your best, she's given birth to four freaking humans. She looks insane. She feels insane. No matter what you look like, it's about what you feel. I mean, I see ladies that just radiate confidence and I'm like, Wow. I mean, it's very sexy, right? So I just thought it was odd that Dorit dresses, I mean, very meticulously. She very much spends a lot of time and energy and money or borrows it, whatever, uh, on her outfits. And yet she was slamming Kyle for that. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Um, Hannah Grace. 
I wish Bravo would not cast people who are struggling with an eating disorder. Ooh, okay, this came out of nowhere. Not really out of nowhere. It seems counterproductive to deal with an ongoing disease. Interesting, and that is sort of a touchy subject for a bazillion reasons. But what's interesting is Crystal clearly came on it knowing that um, Jackie from New Jersey has discussed in openly, finally, uh, her eating disorder that she's had all her life. Kyle has said it, that she's had one since she was like 11 or 13, or at least, I don't know, had one. I don't know if, if they come and go, I don't know about eating disorders, but, or her personal experience with it either. Uh, but the fact that Crystal has been so open and honest about it, and then they were, you know, talking about Ky uh, Sutton possibly having one in the small esophagus of it all. So, I don't know. That is weird. But, you know, everyone has something. I feel like if we say people can't come on for having an eating disorder, then you can't come on if you're an alcoholic. You can't come on if you're a recovering drug addict. You can't come on if you have a shopping addiction. You can't come on if you have a food addiction. I mean, at what point do we say you can't have this issue, but you can have this issue and you can't have this issue? I mean, change my mind, but I just don't see where one is better than another or worse than another. I don't really know how that, whatever. Um, Sarah says, Denise Richards said, Dorit always says something to undermine all the other women's appearance. It's true. Watch her. Interesting. I feel like though, isn't this a common thing? When people, I mean, even as seventh graders, right? Even as, you know, kindergartners, people that put down, and this is kind of timely if you catch my drift, uh, since the day my account started, when people put down other people, especially publicly or on social media, whatever, they often feel terrible about themselves. So it's more about them than it is about the other person, right? So maybe Dorit, as meticulously put together as she looks, maybe the fact that she spends so much time and money on her hair and her looks and the shoes and the jewelry and the hair. I mean, that hair must take her 14 hours a day to fix. And I'm like, shit, you got to go to bed now. Like, how did you even, you know, fix a sandwich to eat for lunch? Um, so maybe if you're, if you spend that much time on yourself and that you yet still put other people down without merit, maybe Dorit doesn't feel so good about herself. I don't know. Tell me your thoughts. Obviously, I'm not a psychologist, but I did minor in psychology in college. Uh, Tiffany Chump. I still love that name. I love you, Tiffany. They probably don't know until the wives get it out of them. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of these people, it started out with OC that this was friends. And Vicky would be like, oh, I know this person. She would be good. She would be good. Now they even admit, Kyle even said, look, I Anne-Marie lives on my street they still don't seem to hang out. I mean, I know not every neighbor hangs out all the time and it could be a ginormous street. I don't know anything about their fancy street in Encino or wherever they claim they live. But she says, I didn't really know her. I just thought, oh, she'd be good for the show for various reasons. So it's not like her best friend that she brought on. So she knows about all these secrets that they might have. I assume production wants people to have some issues. I mean, no offense, but drama, even Vanderpump rules without Scandaball, there would have been no season 11, I feel, or the season 11 that starts, oh my God, 
in five days. Oh my God, January 30th, Vanderpump Rules. I cannot believe it starts so soon. Um, anyways, it was interesting. Um, what did y'all think of the awkwardness? It was so awkward of Erica Jane bringing up the news that it's, they didn't really win, but the $750,000 earrings, diamond earrings that her husband bought for her, they were trying to prove it was money with the not stolen, misappropriated, whatever, whatever all the legal rules are, the money that he had gotten and not given to his clients that had won, right? And basically the court said, we can't prove that. I mean, if I've got $100 in my bank, who can say that $100 exactly came from, you know, me mowing somebody's yard or it exactly came from my husband's job? Or now that I do this, it exactly came from an Instagram ad. I mean, you don't know where that $100 is. So I don't know legally how they proved that when he spent that $750,000 for the earrings for her, that exact money came from misappropriated funds. And I think that's the legal issue that she's kind of going around. Obviously, when it all came out, people were basically saying, look, you should not keep the earrings anyways, because we know he spent a lot of money that was not his own. And these earrings probably came from that exactly or some other way. So I don't know. I don't even know where the earrings are now. So clearly this is January. I don't know when they were filming. This is now episode 13 of Beverly Hills. So we're sort of tailing towards the end of it. I'm assuming they quit filming May. I have no idea. So from whenever this was, if anyone knows, tell me in comments when they went to Spain uh, and brought all their glam. Did you see the glam just hoarding in? Like, let me fix your hair and makeup for everybody. And then Kyle was doing her own makeup on the floor. Anyways, um, I just thought that was interesting. Like, I don't know when they filmed Spain, but what is going on now with the earrings? Does she have them? Does she not? Can't keep up. I'm trying to think if she had them on <laughs> at, the, at her show at House of Blues in Las Vegas in August. Um, I don't get car sick very often. That's one thing I'm lucky enough not to get. I did get car sick on an Uber recently in LA. The guy was driving so crazy. Uh, my veins didn't pop out though. So I'm curious to see next episode, what the hell happened with her veins. And I know she's not a medical doctor, but she is very close. Whatever this nurse esthetician is, esthetician, anesthetist, I don't even know, whatever. Nurse something that Anne Marie is. I hope she comes to her aid because I don't know. They just all seem to stand around. Who knows? Um, oh, Christina says you think the earrings are sold and gone. Like who sold them? Who got, oh, does the money go back to the funds for the, for the, for his clients that didn't get their money? Um, so if you watched yesterday, so remember the Jeff Lewis video goes up at night. That is the pre-show, the commercial breaks, the after show. Very different than the Jeff Lewis Live after show that goes up on 789 right after. But on the after or on one of the commercial breaks yesterday, MJ and Stassi are totally talking about if um, they're talking business, they're talking shop, they're helping each other. It was really cool, actually. But they're talking about um, they're talking about uh, the Jeff Lewis Live after show in the platform versus doing the valley or what have you. And MJ 
starts to say something, I think, about the after show moving to channel 102 soon and how that's going to be even a bigger platform because the freaking app won't mess up. People will listen on the radio. It'll be right after the show. We know when you lead into something, when Jeff Lewis Live starts and then Jeff Lewis After Show is immediately on, you know, if you're mowing the lawn and you're listening to the Jeff Lewis Live Show, you're not going to stop what you're doing and turn it on off. But if you're also doing that and then you got to stop and then go over to the app and then put it on 789, hope it works, all, all the things that it can mess up, it's more of a challenge. It is definitely going to have a bigger audience if and when it goes to channel 102, which they have definitely alluded to. But I feel like um, MJ said it and then she was just like, uh, she probably gave a look. I couldn't really tell to Stassi. Like, and Stassi totally covered. I think Stassi realized, oh, maybe this isn't public knowledge that I don't need to be talking about. So it was interesting. What did you think? Yes. Tiffany Chomp says, yes, MJ spilled the beans. Um, and one thing I did yesterday, I messed up on the after show. Somehow I kept listening and I thought I was listening to the beginning where they were talking about, um, uh, Monica Casey and who was it? Shit. Oh my God. Ryan Bailey, uh, talking about latchkey kids. That was actually at the very end of the show. So the app was messing up because it wasn't going to the beginning for me, but that was actually at the end of the show. So that's all I listened to. Then the show ended. I did go back and listen to it. It was very good. Again, I feel like Jeff is staying a lot longer. He's coming in every day. Sometimes he's even inviting the guests like Stassi to come on. Uh, I think he had Kyle Richards on the other day. So usually it was like him and Shane. And now Shane has been off mic for weeks. It's really uh been Jeff and then sometime and then the two co-hosts of the after show uh but I think he knows he is what sells I love the after show with or without Jeff I really do I think it's sometimes as as good as the 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 real show whatever you want to call it uh but Jeff is more honest he's more open he gives more. I think he feels like, oh, it's a smaller audience. I'm just talking to my friends. Like Joey Zalzig says, oh, I forgot we were on the radio. Like I was just telling y'all stuff. But I think that's all. Jeff knows exactly what he's doing. He's a really good businessman. He knows if he gets the numbers up, if he gets people hooked on 789, okay, how do I say this? If Jeff goes on the after show for a really long segment, and is more open and honest, which he has been even more than normal, that gets people listening, right? I'm talking about it more. It gets people listening. Sometimes people even tell me, I don't listen to the after show unless you tell me it was really good and worth it. And then they go listen to the after show. Other than that, they kind of skip over it. So I listen regardless because I never know what nugget we're going to hear. And I feel like we do hear some nuggets. So he's getting, he's doing the work. He's spending the time to get people hooked on 789, which gets ratings. So even if it stays on 789, maybe that will get him ads, which is obviously money. And then from that, it might even go to, to channel 102, like he said was going to happen at his December 21st show, but it's mid-January and it hasn't happened yet. So we don't really know when that is. Um, I finally finished Watch What Happens Live the other day. That was from uh, Heather Gay. and. Their after show, which I didn't realize, which is actually really good. Sometimes it's like three to eight minutes and they just talk about more stuff. So I used to, if I really liked the guest, 
I would try to listen to the after show just to see if anything juicy or anything really good came out. It used to be on Twitter live and then they would put it up on YouTube under, I don't know if it's Bravo WWHL or WWHL, but I have it saved as a, I've subscribed to it. But now I just noticed, which I, it might be for a while now, the after show is on their Facebook live, which I kind of thought was weird. Like maybe they make money on Facebook and not on Twitter. Maybe they're alternating uh, platforms to get people to, to get each platform to grow. I don't really know. And I don't know if it's still on YouTube. YouTube, they never promoted. They always said, go over to Twitter for our live after show. Well, I never even understood Twitter at the time. Now I have Twitter on my phone, but I literally never get on there. I just hit the share button to like share a story from Instagram, right? It's just, I don't, there's only so much time in a day. I mean, I just cannot with all the platforms. Uh, so it's on Facebook Live. Let's chat Hollywood House Lift episode nine. Oh my God, it starts off at Schmitty's. They're drinking the dick shots. I was dying. It was midday. It was Megan, Shane, Jeff, Megan's assistant, which they've, I've met this guy a couple of times now. I think his name is Jamie. I'm forgetting. Jamie, a really nice guy. Um, I thought they said on the radio one time that Jamie is not working for her anymore. So I don't know any of those ins and outs, uh, but he's there. Tyler, maybe Andrew Coleman, but it's clearly Schmitty's, clearly the dick shots. And they just did that again at, uh, Shane and Doug's birthday outing. Remember, that's where they were talking about it. Um, oh, good question. Po pay tax. When is your podcast launching? As I announced a few weeks ago, Sunday, January 28th. So I just had a really fun meeting with my friend, the Sarah Fraser. Well, Sarah Fraser from the Sarah Fraser show. Uh, right before this, our, our Zoom ended. And uh she is helping me with all of that. I have new cover art. It is going to be amazing. It will be called Sarah from Texas. I would, weeks ago, I'd, I'd tease maybe Sarah from Texas in my jammies. I just think Sarah from Texas. I like a very clean art work. And so uh, it's just very clean and simple. So I love it. It's really cute. You're going to love it. So Sarah Fraser told me to always be consistent with the time. So it will be at 4 a.m., I guess central time. I don't know. Everyone's on all these different time zones and across the world. But Sunday, January 28th, Sarah from Texas podcast. All of my previous stuff should go up that day too. I'm told this, this, this word that means it's your, it's all of your podcast stuff. So that should also uh, transfer over, if that makes sense, but it will be everywhere you get right now. Um, but if I do it right, it will be called Sarah from Texas instead of Jeff Lewis obsessed because it'll be a more traditional podcast where I do have guests and I won't be recapping stuff. So a long time ago, someone named Matt, who's, uh, one of the admins of, I think all things, Jeff Lewis, really nice guy had reached out. We were messaging late at night together. And he's like, I'm in marketing. Uh, he goes, you talk about so much other than Jeff Lewis that you really need to expand. That's kind of why I ended up doing calling this reality water cooler because um, it's not really Jeff Lewis obsessed, right? I watch so many shows and always have. And a lot of us watch the same shows and we want to chat about it. But things like Hollywood Houselift, there's nobody else that I'm aware of that is 
giving space to chat about Hollywood Houselift. So I will still do the Monday through Friday lives on YouTube that also go up as a podcast. But on Sundays, we'll, at 4 a.m., it will launch uh, the, the 28th Sarah from Texas podcast, which is more of the traditional one. And what I'm going to do Sunday is just, it's going to be me. And it's, everyone is always asked, like, tell me how you started this. How did you come across doing this fan account? What made you do this? So I have answered some of those questions with the Sarah Fraser show when she had me on a few weeks ago, but I will even go into more of that directly. So if you have any specific questions for me, send them to me on an Instagram DM. That is the best way for my own mental health and just kind of taking a few deep breaths the last day or two. I hope you can respect and understand and give me a little grace that obviously the DMs are even way more than normal. The comments are way more than normal. The notifications are through the roof on all of my platforms. But give me a little grace that I am choosing to not live in all of that. And I will eventually get to them all. I promise you um, the negative and vile and hateful, disgusting ones uh, are really hard for me not to reply to and defend myself. But there is no way to change anyone's mind. So at this point, I have said my piece. There's still a lot of facts that are a little bit murky that I haven't been able to clear up because when I went, ask me anything on Monday that I did put out now for free on my YouTube, uh, some stuff had not yet come out or happened that I, I can't reply to. So, and I did get a, probably a fake cease and desist sent from my event planner uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, there was no attorney attached. I mean, it was poorly written. I'm like, cease and desist what? Anywho, he's the one that made his name clear when he chose to go in a nasty ass Facebook group with his first and last name. I never said his first and last name ever. I said my event producer, which is what he was. And he made it very clear that, you know, he was the brains behind this. This was his live event, his reputation. He needed to handle everything. So I am not blaming him. I do take responsibility in hindsight for, for not thinking that it would upset Jeff to reach out to his friends for a trade out. Um, but I'll just say uh, it didn't come to my events producer's mind either. And he lives in Hollywood and claims to be really good family friends with one of the chumps. So he should have thought of this too. And he didn't. He fully supported it and took over after he sent me the DM thing. I, I'm done talking about it. Anywho, get off on tangent. Sorry. Okay. Hollywood Houselift, episode nine. So good. A lot of quotes that I loved. And I actually wrote them down. Jeff, I think it was said, why read when you can just watch TV? Hey, freaking men. I love reading, but I love watching TV even more. So they said that when they were talking about Kate Botsworth's um, outdoor pavilion, she wanted like a cozy chair to like kick her feet up and read a book. And they were like, do people really <laughs> read? Um, they show us more about Gus, the new house manager. We are it all in one episode. He went from here's more of Gus and now we're letting him go. The pumpkins, the gourds. I mean, putting it in a tree? putting it on top of the bushes. I'm like, I, I, I was just, wow. 
I mean, I think Jeff had Nancy for so long since flipping out, remember? And she was just by the book. She didn't bother him. There was no drama. She wasn't bitching about stuff. She just got shit done. There was never a time where Jeff had 10 stacks of butter sticks and no bread or no coffee creamer. I mean, you know, if you're going to the store twice a week and you can't stay stocked up on some stuff, I mean, he doesn't even have Monroe every single day. So the snacks can kind of stay stocked up because those are often like in the pantry, right? I mean, fresh fruit and milk, uh, you know, deli meat. Those are the things I end up going to the store more often for, but he's out of there. Um, I literally wrote down the quote though. There's a gourd in a tree. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Um, New York City. I loved Jeff talking about how New York feels so at home. He says, people walk with a purpose. They don't BS you. They say what they feel. And he even says, again, I think he said this on the radio before, that he feels like he could end up having a place there in the future, especially with him going there so much. I wonder who, hmm, this is interesting. Doesn't matter. He has his own business and can write things off. But writing things off isn't doesn't mean they're 100% paid for, right? But I think if he goes out there on business for like Amazon, like promotion, they probably pay for his hotel, the Ubers. Uh, well, they wouldn't pay for the stylist or the clothes. But, you know, there's some expenses. But I do wonder how that works. I do wonder if it's worth it for Jeff going out there now every six to eight weeks, you know, whether to do shows see his bosses, put a name, you know, hi, Tim Johnson, nice to see you again. Uh, get Make it easier on the East Coast housewives to see. Um, I don't know, I thought that was interesting though. Okay, am I the only one that had no idea what an ePay was? How do you even spell it? I literally tried to look it up. So Kate Bosworth has a really good design eye but she was on the East Coast for some reason. They never really explained why. If she was working, if it was personal issues, whatever. This ePay was like a cutout, like a wooden cutout of sort of a back bar of the outdoor pavilion, like this wooden whatever. E-P-A-Y, E-P-E-Y. I have no idea how ePay is spelled. They acted like this was a common word. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I have no idea what this was. Um, thank you, Tiffany Chump says, can't wait for the podcast. Thank you so much. And don't forget, you can go to Jeff Lewis Obsessed now everywhere you get your podcast and hit the subscribe button or give me a five-star rating uh, because that will, that will take over the Sarah from Texas. Does that make sense? The, the RSS feed is the same. It's kind of like my social security number. It's the same. So all of those past episodes won't be lost. And then when I do launch it on Sunday morning at 4 a.m., Texas time, uh, you'll already have the alert that comes up on your phone. It says, oh, here it is. But also send me any questions you have to make sure I answer everything, everything you have. Um, wait, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Chris Courtney. Uh, believe it or not, it's not a money thing. I don't know what that is. They wanted to be done with OX, TwitX, because it's a terrible company. Oh, gotcha. So, and it's also confusing, right? X, Twitter, what do we call it? I mean, ugh. So now it's on Facebook, but there's probably got to be a reason. I'm sure there's a reason. Um, oh my God, we are running so late. There was so much to chat with about all that other stuff. Um, Jeff Lewis live today, Megan King, Justin Martindale. 
no jokes at all about her five different last names. He just said, Megan King is your name. Lots of Girl Scout conversations. Tell me in comments if you have had, if you were a Girl Scout yourself. I was a Girl Scout camp counselor at 18. I sure was. And you know what? My friend Danielle, since fifth grade, lives in San Antonio. She saw a little bit of the glimmer. So most of my in real life friends don't really know too much about this whole nonsense, this Instagram and all this stuff. Uh, but sometimes they see it on Facebook and she's like, what is going on? If I, if you need me, I'm here for you. I don't watch all those shows. She's really into crime shows. Uh, and I love that. But my nickname as a Girl Scout camp counselor was Cookie. And she said, uh, "Woo, I'll get cheered up. She said, I'm here for you, Cookie. And um, anyways, that was sweet. That's my Girl Scout camp counselor thing. And um, so we had camp counselor nicknames. And my nickname was Cookie because I ate so many darn Girl Scout cookies that they gave you free when you were a camp counselor the summer before we started college. So that was just a really sweet um, reach out from her to be like, hey, I see some of this drama and people being super rude to you. And I just want you to know I'm here for you, Cookie. That was really sweet. Uh, lots of talk about the cookies. I can tell you, Megan is going to get her ass in trouble. If the state she's in, I think she resides in St. Louis. I know she does. She said she's a realtor now there. If and everywhere all over the country, there's different communities. There's different, there's different Girl Scout communities, they call them. And everyone sells different cookies, different names, different prices. Houston can have different cookies than Dallas. Our camp can, our, our, our area can have, our, oh, what's it called? Not community. I'm forgetting the word. Our whatever can have $5 for a box and Dallas can have $6. So it's, it's so weird how it can all vary. The same cookie can be called a different name. But some caller called in, I think on the after show and said, you can't start selling cookies until Sunday. So if, you, if she is selling cookies before that, especially online, those cookie moms will rat her out in two seconds. It is so cutthroat. There is no prize, not troop, but there's like a community. It's like your troop is your troop. And then there's a little community, like your few schools. And then there's a bigger community that's almost like your county, your Girl Scout county of sorts, if that makes sense. One county can be a different price. I don't know what the handprints mean. Shout out, Vladimir. Hi. Um, one county can be a different price. But there is a rule about who can sell when and where. I almost question that Girl Scout cookies can be sold outside of a weed, weed shop because I have supervised, volunteered many, many, many hours of my four daughters walking down the streets of our neighborhoods, knocking on the doors, giving all this the spell, you know, here's the cookies. It's in January here. People say I'm on a diet or I'm trying to save money. Most will order a box or two, but towards the end of my personal Girl Scout career as a mom, so stressful. Yeah, you just ended up buying all the cookies in advance and you tried to focus on what you thought might sell and then you sold them afterwards. So you had to write the check and then you just hoped you sold them. And if not, a family of seven, we just freaking ate them. You know what I mean? Um, but lots of Girl Scout talk. I mean, they said every call on the after show, the after show was Joey Zalzig and Jamie Kennedy. And Jamie was like, oh my God, like every freaking call is about the Girl Scouts. 
I mean, you want to get people riled up. Girl Scout cookies. It's this competition. The moms are secretly competing against each other. And if you work for a bigger company and you can put it out in the employee uh, break room and there's not that many, uh, maybe a bunch of the parents, moms or dads or aunts uh, have older kids in college. So there's, you only have like the seven-year-old that's so cute can come up in their vest and try to sell. Then if you've got the 16-year-old Girl Scout, they don't want to go door to door. They're embarrassed almost to be a Girl Scout. They're not going door. They're busy. Um, You know. But by then, it gets harder to sell. You're not, there's rules on selling online. There's rules on selling on social media. I'm, I've been out of it for a few years now, so I don't know. And everything changed, I'm sure, with COVID. Being able to go door to door, doing up, being able to do the stand, the cookie stands, as they called them, like selling. We mostly sold outside of the grocery stores around here. That was a really big one to get. We would have one at one door, one set of us at another door. The girls had fun. The moms had fun. We sold a bunch of cookies. Um, the Walmart, the, the grocery stores were the big ones, but we don't have weed shops in Houston. I don't think it's legal in Texas. I don't know. Um, Julie, there's a lot of rules about the age of the girls. Yes. And where they can sell the cookies and when they actual start sales start. Those cookie moms are crazy. They'll get after you. That's very true. Like mine started as kindergartners but I think you don't sell cookies till first grade. And I may be totally mixed up on that. And the rules might've changed as my kids, my oldest former Girl Scout is now 22. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, oh, that's sweet. Linda says, did your daughter get a prom dress? Just got home. Um, I keep praying for you, Linda. She's going through some medical stuff that she shares with me. So just y'all say some prayers for Linda. Uh, she did not pick a palm dress. We went to two different places, but we're going to our favorite place very soon. And that's kind of our go-to. So yesterday we went to a place that has provided a, a great, uh, dress for us in the past. And cause her boyfriend is one year older. So she, this particular daughter went to prom last year for his prom. And then we went to a place that was just in the neighborhood that we, where we were at. And it was, bleh. I mean, it was, Nothing we were going to find there. So I was talking to a friend last night who um, all the moms were doing the deposits for the prom beach house weekend and all the things. And I was talking to one of the moms on the phone telling her daughter her, about her daughter, like, go here. Don't go here. You know, we were all telling each other which stores to go to. Because, I mean, you don't want to waste your time. In Houston, anyways, where a lot of the prom stores are. It's like one over here, one 25 minutes this way, one 25 minutes this way. So you can't exactly hit them all in one day, right? And if you wait till a Saturday in like February, the entire world has unleashed and every 18-year-old girl is at that store. So it's really crazy. Um, thank you, Diane. That's sweet. She's wishing you prayers, Linda. Um, I didn't realize Justin has only met his dad once as an adult. So he didn't really talk about... Uh, his um, stepdad, but I'm hoping he had a really good stepdad. I don't really know. Um, the calls at the end, Kelly Dodd calling in. That was interesting. Tomorrow is Denise Richards and Doug Buden. We are kind of running behind. Uh, the after show was so good. Uh, everyone's getting nervous about karaoke, which is kind of weird. So I don't even know why a few weeks ago, um, no, not a few, yesterday's yesterday's when I messed up the app, they were taught, Monica was talking about, they're going to start daily, like voice 
warmups on your voice, which I thought was interesting because Erica Jane was warming up her voice on that trip. So some of them are taking it very seriously. Some like Ryan Bailey seem mortified and like, oh my God, I'm dying. Joey just seems excited that he's invited for the first time this year. Um, they didn't mention Paige's name, which was weird. Um, Monica and Paige, I thought were real good friends, but I don't really know. Um, Jeff said he's been on this date with this guy like four times. And the date said, can we talk? I want to know where we're at. I don't think, I mean, Joey seemed mortified by that. I don't think that's unusual. Four to five dates. I mean, I don't know. I think you could, if we've been talking about it for weeks now, if you can, if all these other guys are hearing about all the other guys and the sex, it's not just like a date or a drink. Some of it is sleepover. Some of it is sex. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good that somebody says, can we talk? Where are we at? That means they're interested. They care. They don't want to share Jeff around with the whole city or the whole country, I guess, New York, Chicago, uh, San Diego, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's really weird. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Like I said, there was lots of cookie talk. The super low profit is absolutely true. It's not five or 10 cents a box, but it's crazy low. How much money each Girl Scout troop gets for the Girl Scout cookies. It's crazy lower than even the uh, popcorn. Oh, I'll tell you what Kelly Dodd. So Kelly Dodd called in because she is friends with Megan King. And she, and she said, well, Hey, Megan, why are you taking up for Tamara when you were going to have breast surgery or some kind of surgery? And Tamara said you could stay at her house. And then she said all of a sudden, Oh, you can't. And you had to call me and stay at my house. So I don't know. They seemed fine at the end of the conversation, but it didn't seem like a conversation to be over the radio. Um, Megan was basically like, I'm closer friends with you. Like, I don't even think I was ever planning to stay with Tamara. It could have been a lie. She could have been a cover up. I have no idea. And then so Megan, so Kelly's like, oh, thank you. So it seemed fine. And then she also says, look, I think I made it into a bigger thing that I didn't like Vicki Gumbelson. She was the one really the whole cancer thing with um, Brooks. Like she really went in hard, Megan King. And now she's like, you know, there's no issue with her. Uh, I, I thought I took some notes on that. I can't remember. Water under the bridge is what she said about Vicky. Anyways. Okay. Well, we usually try to keep this at 45 minutes. Thank you so much for joining live. Please hit subscribe. Please like, please make a comment. It all helps. If you are lucky enough to have a Jeff Lewis or a reality TV fan, share my information with them. Make sure you like my Jeff Lewis podcast, Jeff Lewis Obsessed podcast, because when it switches over Sunday, January 28th, and I launch Sarah from Texas, uh, all of those past episodes would go up there also. But I'll still be putting this one up there, this weekday live at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. We will still be live on YouTube. It will still be free, and it will still go up as a podcast option about 10 minutes later. So bye. Thank you.